Hello, and thank you so much for joining us once again. It is the Nightly Pleasures Podcast. I am your host and the author of the piece you're about to hear today, The Grey Knight. You can call me Daddy. You can call me Jack. You can call me whatever the hell you want. Really, honestly, I don't I don't particularly care. His Jackness, El Jackarino, these are these are references to the Big Lebowski. How are you all doing? I am recording this after a luscious weekend of relaxation. For the first time in 2022, I actually got two days off all to myself. Uh, It's been pretty good, actually, I gotta say. It's been wonderful coming back and working, but getting two days off in a row is something special. What'd I do with them? Nothing! I made some Dutch babies... Uh, they're just a kind of German pancake, more or less, but I've been perfecting the recipe and they're really good now. So I've been working on that because we had uh, unexpected cold days. Uh, I've been writing a lot, I've been working on that, sorry to tease and tease and tease you, but it, it is a lot of work because, uh, you know, I'm writing in addition to everything else I'm doing. Uh, I, I sat back and I watched two really dumb but fun shows. They were both pretty short, eight episodes a pop, with episodes pretty well under an hour each. Uh, the first one, I can't believe that I enjoyed because I'm so fucking done with comic books. But I like James Gunn, and people kept recommending it and kept saying it was much more progressive and forward-leaning than you might think. So I watched Peacemaker. It was fucking great. I laughed pretty much the whole way through. I, I couldn't believe it. It took about an episode to warm up to it, but... Uh, from that point on, it was pretty much all smiles, and I couldn't wait to see the next episode. Uh, and then the other one that I feel like I can actually recommend to you guys. <laughs> I feel like you're going to look at Peacemaker and look at me like I've got three heads. The one that I would actually recommend to you guys that I think is quite, quite good would be uh, The Flight Attendant. I'm really late on the... Is her name Kaylee Kukow? I'm really bad at names. Uh, whatever her name is from The Big Bang Theory, which I hated, would never watch. She was on it. She was the main gal from from the very first episode. Um, the blonde gal. I never, you know, because I never watched The Big Bang Theory, and I always hated it because I'm a nerd. So real nerds fucking hated that show from the get-go. And, <laughs> and so I never really paid her any attention. But between the Harley Quinn show and The Flight Attendant, uh, she just nails comedic timing, and she's really good in both. So now I've got a little bit of crush on Kaylee Kukow, like 15 fucking years too late. Like 15 years later than everybody else. But now I think she's adorable. Uh, so yeah, the flight attendant I'd really highly recommend. Kaylee Kukow is a flight attendant. Whatever the fuck her name is. Is a flight attendant. <laughs> and uh, she's a party-hardy kind of gal. She's a sorority gal in her 30s still kind of gal. Uh, and she spends a night... In Bangkok, with a passenger from first class who's very attractive, and it embroils her, embroils her in a, embroils? Embeds her? Embroils her. What word am I looking for? I don't know. And it gets her involved in, a, in an international conspiracy. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Again, it's, it's like five hours long, the whole fucking show, maybe six. And uh, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So that's my recommendation, and that's what I did. I've been cooking. I've been working. Oh, you can probably tell I've been working out. I don't want to talk too much about that, but as you can probably tell, I've been having a lot less booze and a lot more exercise in me lately. So there you go. You guys have been curious, curious, curious about the exercise. There it is. Uh, The other question I get, are you really, are you really, are you really having an oatmeal smoothie every day? And the answer is not only am I having an oatmeal smoothie every single day, but sometimes I'm having two now. Sometimes I'll make, like, an all-fruit one with the oats, and then an all-veggie one with the oats. And I'll get two of them down my golden one day. And that feels fantastic. Any other big recipes? No, I, I'm kind of taking it slow and steady. The, the, the impulse to bake has returned. So, you know, getting, getting back into that, I think I'll probably, you know, be doing some pizza dough and stuff uh, in the near future and trying to get back onto that. Trying to get back on the perfect pizza now that we've gotten some really good... Uh, Dutch babies and some bread bowls and whatnot going. So there's that. That's my life. Trying to stay away uh, largely from the news and all of the information that's out there because it is crazy. Uh, 
Just real quick before I introduce the story, person to person, I have to say, as someone who's been ostracized his entire life for being a nerd and weird and all the rest, this is such a great time to look in at what the normal, responsible people are doing and just always going, ugh. You know, that's really validating. Things are really confusing right now, I think, going on with the economy, with, uh, with, with financial markets, international diplomacy, COVID. All of these things are really, really confusing right now. And personally, not trying to scare you all, I think they're going to get, you know, more confusing and more scary and logistically more complicated from here. And as somebody who's looking at, who's been told, no, no, you don't understand. The adults, they know. You're, you don't know. To watch the adults just be flummoxed by their own fucking shadows at this point. To have them be surprised about something that I was screaming and tearing my hair out about 18 months ago. That's really actually very validating and nice. So here is me hoping, person to person, that any of you out there listening, that you find something nice to hold on to. That you find something validating about the way that you were treated by this world and the way that you're surviving it. And just keep surviving. A lot of you apparently need to hear that. My girls are giving me reports over and over again that saying they're hurting and I want to lick your wounds. Well... That would be a pretty good time to segue into something very sweet and romantic. So, of course, we're not. Not that it's going to be awful or anything, but that's just not the piece that we have in store for you this week. This week, I have a simple little piece about sex, about love. It's the opposite of the brawn from last week. This week, it's all about the brain. Apparently, you need a little bit of tech support. Well, all you have to do is double-click. No, you just, you have to double-click. You're, you're clicking once. I can hear that you're clicking once. No, I'm not getting irritated with you, but... You are clicking once, and I'm asking you to double-click. You gotta, it's, it's in and out. It's like, like that. <laughs> Ah, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of used to it at this point. Apple users, what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, well, you started it. You called me. <laughs> yeah, and it's your job to get your files done, but then you called me. So I guess neither of us has been doing their job this whole way through today? Yeah, well... I was abandoned by the other techies, so I grew feral. I spent time with the sales department. They taught me something called charisma, or uh, I believe it's pronounced charisma in your language. Anyway, that's what happened to me, and if you let me all the way inside you, there, there, you're done. Uh-uh. Try it. It's all fixed. All I need you to do is give me permission to get inside your tunnel, and, uh, well, I could fix your workstation right on up. Everything should be working now, just like it was. Once again, gold star service, and you didn't even need to call Geek Squad. Is that still a thing anymore? Yeah, I don't know either. I remember back when they were the biggest thing. You could see their little orange stickers everywhere. God, that was stupid. God, tech support in this country is worthless. Now you've got me there. I've never done tech support in another language. I can only imagine how much more frustrating that would be for all parties involved. <laughs> yeah, well, you do what you do to pass the day, right? Well, like you said at the uh, beginning little ticket here, uh, it's not like we do anything for a living if we work in tech support. Why, yes. Yes, in fact, everything that you chose to input into a field and then send over to us in a complaint ticket does, in fact, get entered in and sent off to us. And yes, we do actually read it as people. Believe it or not, you're not even the rudest person today, much less this week, so don't blush too much. Everybody knows that techies aren't actually people. 
I mean, they don't feed us. They don't let us out. People only come to us when there is a problem. If everything is running well, then they're paying us too much because everything's running well. So what do they need us for? And if there's a problem, then they're paying us too much because what do they pay us for? Why is there a problem? And that's our life. Day in, day out. Hour by hour, we get to figure out something real, real fun to do. You know, they canceled the whole work-from-home thing just so we could do more tech support for them. No, not the company, like the higher-ups, like the C-levels and shit. No, I'm dead serious. The first fucking day that they brought us all back from work-from-home, even though I just did everything remotely with you and have been doing it all the way through this whole thing, every single time we get back in the office from the first time until now, every single time, I get called into the office. There is something else I can do for them tech support related. There's something about their laptop or their phone. There's always something. And that's what they actually want us back for. You guys, I don't know. Maybe you guys actually slack off. Yeah, well. <laughs> Turnabout is fair play. You say I didn't work. I say you don't work. Everybody's unhappy. And the beatings will continue until morale improves. Me? Never. I would never flirt. I have to get inside your tunnel. That's, that's all that meant. And inside you meant inside your machine. And asking you to open up for me and give me your tunnel is just standard operating procedure. Yes, you have a sop tunnel. Your tunnel's all soppy. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm telling you the actual terms. You have an SOP tunnel, a soppy tunnel. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. How could you possibly tell that I'm smiling since that this is a phone call and you didn't feel comfortable getting on a video call? Which nobody blames you. Nobody wants to see a techie. <laughs> Well, thank you, but I promise the voice is the nicer part of me. That's just a rule about call centers and corporations. The nicer the voice, hmm. oh, well, you're very kind. I don't, I don't know if I could do anything like that, but it is nice to hear the vote of confidence and everything. Uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, yeah, no, no. You've never seen us, and I've never seen you before today. Uh-uh, we're, we're held away in our little pin. But uh, when your ticket came through, you have an employee ID? So your picture popped up. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Well, you sound pretty embarrassed, but... If that's a bad picture of you, I do, do I really have to say the rest? I mean, I feel like I got, I got the mood across with, if that's a bad picture of you, then. You ever hear the old one about how there's two kinds of people in the world? There are those who can extrapolate based upon data. <laughs> Well, don't be sore about it. It's a fun one. Mm-mm. Oh. I mean, it is a ghost town around here, I know. No, it's so depressing. I, I hear you. There's, there's really not as much to do, is there? Like, did you get used to it as well? Work from home and getting everything done in a couple hours and just banging it out? Because now I got to pace myself, like... You know, in the office, there's all these reports and stuff. So now I got to, like, work for five minutes and then take ten minutes off. Yeah? Yeah? No, honestly, the fact that other fucking departments are reporting the same. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's not like the uppers are doing anything. They're just sitting around. There is so much less work, and they can't afford to get rid of us because there's nobody coming in the front door, right? I have never, 
ever been so comfortable slacking off. No, no, I have slacked off this much before on the job, but I've never been so comfortable about it. What are they going to do, fire me? (laughs) I mean, that's my attitude every single day. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, fire me? Look at how many other jobs there are out there. What are you going to do? What's your plan? (laughs) Well, aren't you a bad, bad girl then? No, I'm teasing. If you're only learning how to milk the system now, then I say you've been too diligent for too long and just learn to ride it out. Just ride it on out. Take it smooth. Take it easy. Don't stress. There's really nobody for them to replace you with and certainly nobody better. And I don't know you at all, but I would say that to anybody in this company. (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess we're a little bit antagonistic at our first meeting, but what are you going to do? I'm bored this whole time. I know you can't hear it, but I've just been clicking away, surfing through. There's not a lot of tickets coming in. I'll be real honest with you. There never really were a lot of fucking tickets coming in, but there's definitely not a lot now. Now that, like, almost everybody's on only two days a week and coming in late, leaving early and all that shit, it's amazing. No, we've got another guy who's all assigned with the, uh, you know, the whole payroll, and he does the tech support for that, so he gets to see all the, you know, he gets to see all the data numbers, and I don't know if you know this, but HR is kind of dumb. Not just ours, but like every HR department I've ever worked with. So they don't know what they're showing them, but (laughs) let's just say uh, there's a reason why we're talking about productivity per hour and how up that is, other than any other metric. Mm Mm-mm. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you don't even know how to double click, so I think you're uh, I think you're bluffing. No. Did you really? I guess it has been a couple of minutes now, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. That's my picture. I'm I'm on the uh I'm on the corporate website. I guess you uh navigated there. You uh, you can see the background of the little cube that they keep us in. If you didn't know it, techies have to be kept in, in square rooms. They try to move us to circular rooms uh, in the 70s as an experiment, but half of us went crazy. Well, that's way too high because usually it's only about a quarter of us, so. Boy, you have a nice laugh. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. What are you doing? Uh-uh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I I mean, I'm flirting with you a little, but I'm not flirting, flirting. I'm just flirting, flirting. I'm flirting. Not flirting, flirting. Well, then forget what I just said. Well, then I didn't say it. Hey, I'm the one who has the skills to erase this phone call. So whatever I say, I said. Yeah? Really? I mean, that does beat wasting time on the corporate clock otherwise. I don't... I don't know how to do dirty talk. I I don't. I I, I, don't tease me. Hey, we all have skills here. I don't... I don't know how to do that. Come on. Are you serious? Um, I, I, th- I think you're very pretty. I, I like your face. I, I think you're very, very, very pretty. And I, I think your eyes sparkle. See? No, you're laughing. I don't, I've never been able to do something like this. I, (laughs) what I, what I want to say, what I want to say is you have a, 
what I want to say is that you're really hot and you have a really hot face and voice and you look like you have a really hot body and you're pretty easy to talk to. And this has been nice. This has been the nicest part of my work day all year so far. And I, I, yes, I'm hard. <laughs> yes, I'm hard for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. It's big and, it's big. I, there's, there's no complaints. It's, it's big. I have a big dick. It, it leans, it leans down, even when I'm really hard. And it, I want to, I want to put it inside you. I want, I want to be inside you. I want to, I want to feel you, how, how wet you are and how, how open, how open I make you. I want to. I want to hold you by your, by your shoulders. And I want to look down on your face. Yeah. That's how I like it, on top. Uh, I, I like holding women down. And... And making their eyes close. And their mouths open. I like... I like building up my my orgasm while I watch them have one and <clears throat> I like um I like it when when she orgasms I like I want to I want to make you come on me I like making women come on my dick I want to make you come on my dick I want, I want to hold you down and fuck you and make you come on my dick and make you moan, make you really, really moan. I, I like it when a woman can't talk anymore. No, 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 not like that. No, I, I want to, I like it when... I like it when she's talking or she's moaning and then, you know, like exercise. After a while, you can't breathe and move at the same time. You have to do one or the other. I like it when I want to, I want to, I want to take your breath away, like really take your breath away inside you. I want to, I want to fuck you. And I want to take your breath away when I'm inside you, right before you come. I want to keep fucking you when you do. I want to, I want to push right inside you and make it happen like that. I want to grab your thighs, your hips after you've come and I want to grab you by them. This is while I keep fucking you, of course. And I, I want to, I, I want to, I want to fuck you faster and faster. Just, just, just like I fucked you without without building myself, without getting too close, because I want to see you. I want to see your face when you're coming for me. Just like that, but the opposite. I want to... I want to get lost after I make you come and just... I want to close my eyes and push in and out of you. Just just as hard as I can, fast as I can. I want to feel how different that would be. 
fucking you rhythmically and fucking you wildly. And I bet it would. I bet it would feel really different and really good. Where's your hand? <laughs> uh huh. You sound really good. Uh, uh, I can't. I can't hear you either. It's the headsets. I think, but I'm touching myself for you. Touching myself for how you, how you're breathing and. How you're moaning. Uh-huh, I'm looking at your picture. Are you looking at mine? <laughs> uh. so easy. Oh. oh my god. Oh, hearing you build up. Hearing you go closer and closer. Oh, that was so fucking hot. Oh, it was so easy pumping myself. I just let go. First I was staring at your picture and then I closed my eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> I, haven't able, I, ha, I haven't done anything like that since I was able to drive. Well, I got my license late. <laughs> oh. oh my god.
God. That was so much fun. That was so naughty. I mean, that was kind of scary. Somebody, somebody could have walked in. I would have had my back to him and everything. But I guess you have your office door. But wow, just, just totally wow. <sighs> ah, you know, you don't even know if I'm married. I don't even know if you're with somebody. You're not? No. I, I'm not. I... I think I'd like to see you. Yeah. I, this is two big yeses for me I've never said in one day in a row, but... Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I would like to see you sometime or tonight. Tonight. No. I mean yes. Yes. I mean yes. It's I just Yes. Yes. I don't care. I I don't care wherever you want to go. Yes. I'm going to say yes. I'd like to say yes. Why not? This could be a lot of fun. This this will be a lot of fun. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess I didn't spend enough time with the other departments. But a as you've shown me, I'm pretty willing to learn new things. And here's hoping you enjoyed that piece. I don't know what that piece is, and that's very exciting for me. The reason why is because I'm ahead. Did you hear that? Did you hear me? I'm ahead. I'm recording ahead of time again. Uh, it's very exciting, and you can help me out. If you've never sent in a question before, if, in fact, you are a new girl especially, if you send in a voice question, that would mean the world to me. It's the one part that I can't do without you. And I'm doing the other parts. So if you like this segment especially, send a question in. It'll help Daddy out a whole lot. Okay, this week we have a question from Tracy. Hello, Jack. Hello. This is Tracy calling from Orlando, Florida. Hello. Um, my question for you is, if your life was a movie, uh -oh. what would it be called? And why? A series of unfortunate events, because obvious. Uh, in all seriousness, I'm feeling pretty grateful these days. But I am feeling grateful about prospects, about ability, and about accomplishment. I don't want to sound like an ingrate, but my life and my road here have been fairly difficult. And a lot of people are their own worst enemy, and I absolutely am of mine. But, you know, uh, conditions are definitely number two, or definitely runner-up in my life, historically speaking. I've not been dealt the best cards. And as somebody who... Well, let me, let me just give you an example. Um, I try not to talk about it too much. Because it's taken so long and so many years. But you can you can hear me get better and better and better and stronger and stronger and stronger physically on the podcast. You can hear my breathing. You can hear my, my speech. You can hear my sitting down, you know, and sitting in one place and, and adjusting. You can hear me improve uh, as the podcast goes on. And the other day, the other week, I... I ate a lime, not to brag, <laughs> I ate a lime, and it was a really powerful moment, and I'm just going to tell you, I teared up, I, I, I almost like actually sobbed because of how delicious the lime was, and it was totally unexpected, I was just making a, a dish that I make, just, you know, uh, potatoes and eggs, and I had the lime, and I zested the lime in, uh, 
you know, with, with all the spices and everything that I was cooking. And as the potatoes and eggs were done cooking, I squeezed the lime juice on top. Uh, I quartered the lime and I squeezed half the lime juice on top. And I just had the other two lime wedges, and I was like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> and I've already used, you know, probably a little bit more lime juice than I needed in that pan, so don't oversaturate. And so I was just sucking on a lime. And it was so sweet, and it was so delicious, and it brought me back to when I was a child. I don't remember eating Fruity Pebbles, but I must have at some point. We didn't have that kind of cereal inside my house growing up, but I must have had it somewhere. I just don't remember where. And tasting that lime as an adult just now tasted as sweet, as good as eating Fruity Pebbles. That's the, that's the first thought that it brought me back to as a child. And it was so strange and so surreal, and it was a lot of emotions. But guys, it's not like I haven't had lime over the last few years. It's that's how much... My tongue is different than even six or 12 months ago. I don't like talking about it because it's weird and it's personal and it's intimate and it's strange, but mostly because it's taken too long to get to. But I'm still healing physiologically. Even my tongue, even my mouth, even my sense of smell is still radically different than it was a year ago. There are still days where I, <clears throat> just right there, I have a little tickle in my throat. I have treated myself perfectly health-wise for weeks now. We're talking no booze. We're talking green tea only. Uh, we're talking healthy food. We're talking not eating out at all. Zero percent eating out for weeks. And today, for whatever reason, I woke up with uh, a little bit of a tickle in the back of my throat. I don't know if it's the weather, what's going on. Um, but tomorrow I won't, hypothetically. And yesterday I didn't, for sure. And so there's still health stuff going on that I still don't have 100% control over. It's maddening, but every day, week by week, month by month, it does get better. Uh, and that's, of course, what I have to focus on to not lose my fucking mind. <laughs> uh, the other definition I could give for my, my life story is, I don't know, you got to get to the end. Um, the one thing that's legitimately... Uh, and I didn't know this until I started reading about the 1800s America um, stuff a few years back. But one thing I didn't know about me that makes me truly, truly unique, not just today or not just in my time, but in the course of human history is I have lived alone, 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 alone. I've lived my days alone and my nights alone and my career alone um, and a lot of, and there's just nobody that does. <laughs> up until up until pretty much the end of the 1800s, as far as I can tell, anthropologists, historians, they, they pretty much agree on this universally. People did not live alone. We have all these fairy tales of the hermit in the woods or the tower or whatever. But apparently, if you were hearing these stories a long time ago, you would understand that that was kind of, you know, figurative. You would understand that people didn't really, or that these are very mythical figures or very special figures. So uh, the, other, the other thing you could go with, I've spent so much time alone, and it can be lonely, but usually being alone is pretty good for me and pretty fun for me, and I enjoy it. So there's something very weird about that. <laughs> and so my, my hermitude... Uh, I think probably uh, would be the other perspective because uh, when somebody writes an autobiography or something, when there's a biography written about somebody who spends a lot of time alone, it's, it's a portrait of madness. Whereas my life could be summed up as a portrait of madness. I've been alone, you know, the last couple of weeks, snowed in and shit, not doing stuff outside the house. I feel fucking great. Thank you very, very, very much, uh, Tracy from Orlando, Florida. It means the world. Up next, we have Tiffany. Hi, Jack. Hello. I'm Tiff. Hello. I'm, I'm sorry, that's Tiff, and thank you so much, Tiff. I have two questions for you. Okay. First question, describe your perfect date. Perfect date. About, let's just say, an inch and a half long, pre-pitted, dark caramel uh, exterior, don't mind the wrinkles at all, some age, you know, it, got, it shows the value, it shows growth. 
uh, and I want it to taste lightly like figs. Uh, if you're talking about a romantic date, God, these days do I want to go to a museum I've never seen before. I want to go to a museum I've never seen before, maybe never even heard of before, and I want to see a bunch of fucking paintings I've never even goddamn imagined. If I see a painting that I've seen at some other museum, at some museum I go to that I'm not expecting to go to, I'm stealing it. It's mine. In a second, what advice would you give to your younger self? Thanks. Bye. All right, so assuming that I can give myself the password... And that younger me accepts the password, uh, that it is, in fact, future me that we assigned a long time ago. And I'm actually capable of trying to download some information. I've thought about this a lot because I would love to say something about the little boy being abused and all that, but he's not going to understand it. He's not going to get it. I've been through too much. We're too changed. We're too altered. We are the same body and we are the same consciousness, but we are not the same person. And so trying to relate that would suck. I think I've talked about my eternal love of Terry Pratchett and Discworld. And one of the least cited but one of the most enjoyable uh, Discworlds has the cynical cop Sam Vimes going back in time. And he has to deal with younger him uh, as he's back in time and and he's in an event of his own life. That's important. And the way that he regards younger him is with such glee because he's gotten so much smarter and so much better in his own mind. Yeah, he's older. Yeah, his knees hurt, blah, 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 blah. But it's his. It's from his perspective. And Sam Vimes, the entire novel, is like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, everyone's so stupid but me. And it's just a total pleasure because that's what I feel like going back in time. When I, like, send me back to the 90s and all the shit that they're terrified about. And, like, all this stuff they're going to say that, like, boggled me is, Ooh, Bill Gates, if he found $60,000 on the floor. It's like, you have no idea what's coming. You have no clue. What do you think an Amazon is? What do you think Amazon is? You've got nothing. You've got no clue how fucked up it's going to be. And I'd enjoy all that shit, too. Uh, <clears throat> so, if, you know, if I could go back to my younger... <laughs> Sorry, that was quite the... Boy, that was... And that's, that's without intoxicants. That's without THC. Uh, <laughs> uh, so to answer your question much more directly, Tiff, if I could give one nugget that I would have them cling on to and try and hold on to as, as tightly as they possibly could, it's that none of this defines you. None of it. Your family, where you lived what you look like, none of it defines you. In the future, you will shed it all, and all of it will leave such little lasting impression on you. And you will see other people in your life and how they shed it as well, the difficulty, the trauma of what they're going through right now. And the one thing that I want to assure you of, little Jack, is that when you, because you're not going to look for it, you're not going to search them out on Facebook or anything, you're not going to look for exes, you're not going to live that life, I can, I can promise you that, and isn't that nice? When you do come to those crossroads where you see somebody who was on the outside when you were, when you're in this pain, when you're through all the suffering you're going through, when you see that from the outside and you do allow yourself to compare and contrast, you will feel relief and gratitude. You will be very grateful for the scars you have and how you chose to move past them compared to others. And none of that will make any fucking sense to you. Also, Spawn is not a good movie. I need you to understand. No, 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 no. It's really not. John Leguizamo is a good actor, and Michael J. White is a good actor. It's not a good movie. And also, you're going to hate everything about Todd McFarlane in like five fucking years. I promise. Thank you so much, Tiff. Up last. Up, ah! Up last. We've got questions from Alec. Got some more questions for you this week. Okay. First question is from Alice. 
Thank you, Alice. Hi, Jack. This is Alice. I hope you're having a good day. Yeah. I was wondering how it's going with the cooking, and if you've tried any new recipes as of late. Take care. Thank you so much, Alice. Uh, Cooking's going pretty well. I have to say, uh, just logistically speaking, there's a lot of stuff out. I live kind of on the ass end of a supply network, of a supply chain. So if you're noticing empty shelves, I'm noticing more empty shelves. I'm not trying to have a contest with you, and it's not true at all times. But just, I live pretty far from a port. (laughs) Any port for anything. And so whatever supply issues you're having or seeing, I feel more of them. They're compounded. So have I been doing a lot of experimenting? No. I will say, I now make the best fucking breakfast burritos. I don't want to eat out any more breakfast burritos. And this is not like the orange chicken thing. Because that takes a lot of work. (laughs) There's a lot of planning involved. I have to get out uh, freeze-proof Tupperware. All kinds of bullshits involved with stuff like that. This is uh, this is just much more simple. Of now, I can make the best breakfast burritos. I can make them at home. They're great every time. And uh, the thing that I'm so proud of is, no matter what protein comes into my house now, because I only buy protein on sale, I turn that protein into uh, just the best. I, I I spice it and I mix it. And I get it in there. So it's just the best with those breakfast burritos. For instance, if I'm using beef, if steak is on sale, like ribeye steak, little thin ribeye was uh, 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 was uh, on sale. That was a – wow. That was an experiment. I can't believe I stuttered that much. That was an experiment. The little thin ribeyes were on sale. I thought I was buying just normal ribeyes. I didn't see the thin. And then they came and they were these skinny little minis. I was like, well, that's not going to do it. So I cooked them up as best I could, and then I sliced them up, and then I seasoned them with extra cumin, uh, lemon juice. Um, oh, I know I added something else. Maybe coriander? Maybe celery salt? Something else. Extra cumin, extra something else, which I normally wouldn't put in my breakfast burritos, but because of the steak, I'm like, well, we got to match the steak. And they were so good. I bought a big honkin' ham on sale uh, for super, super cheap uh, while they still were. Uh, after Christmas, and I cooked that bad boy up. I made a, a second stew with him, so I've had two different ham bone soups over the last couple of months. Both turned out to be pretty good. I am eating the oatmeal every morning the same. Uh, oh, I've started on Dutch Babies, if you don't know or if I haven't talked about it. They're just German pancakes. You can look it up. It's five ingredients, and then it took me exactly uh, one time of making it to memorize the five ingredients, which is a pretty good sign that I enjoyed it. The Secret to Dutch Baby. I've talked about this. I know I have. The Secret to Dutch Babies. I gotta say, mix it real lightly. Keep that batter in the fridge. Uh, the next time there's a big, big snowstorm coming in because the uh, the Dutch Baby batter f- holds in your fridge for up to like uh, for like four days. I'm just going to make a huge thing of it. I'm just going to make a huge thing of it the first night before it snows. And then I'll just have Dutch Baby batter until it's fucking batter I'm out of it. Because it's just, you know, it's eggs and flour and milk. It's fine. It's cheap. Just pour it in. Cook it up. Don't drink it raw. You'll die. Thank you, Alice. And some questions from Anonymous. We love Anonymous questions. Do you have a nickname given to you that you like the most? (laughs) No. And no two women have ever called me the same fucking name. Which I have to admit has felt a little bit like a conspiracy. I couldn't have been baby to two of them. You're saying, well, multiple women have called you daddy. Yeah, but that's not like the only nickname. Like that, that's not their nickname for me. No two women have ever called me one. The I think I've talked about this before. The only time someone's ever given me a, nuke- a nickname that I wish stuck is a million years ago. I was coming out of a gym. Uh, I was I was I was uh, not coming out of a gym. I was going into the wet room of a gym. The wet area of a gym, the wet room, the wet, that sounds disgusting. The wet area of a gym where the swimming pool and all the, uh, you know, all the other stuff was on that side of it. And uh, I was going into a steam room after a workout and an old, rotund, very pleasant looking black man, just as I was, just as I was going in, happened to come out. So it's all wafting and he's all shiny and, you know, he's just had a nice little spritz. And uh, he, I've never seen him before, never saw him again. He, he looks me right in the eyes as I'm coming in, and he just goes, get it nice and warm, 
for you, Duke. And I, I the comma slash capital D kept it nice and warm for you, Kappa Duke. I'm like, oh, why doesn't everyone call me Duke? Oh, but you know, it was, I, I think it's because he was so happy to see me, and I just you know had all the endorphins from a workout. You know, there's other factors at play, but I think about the fact that he called me Duke, even though he probably called everybody Duke at least once every couple of months. Movies. What yes. are your favorite rom-com, action, and horror movies what? at the moment? What? Oh, that's way... I'm sorry, Anonymous. That's way too much question. Uh, I haven't seen a good rom-com in years. I'll say that. They're bad now. The last rom-com I actually really enjoyed was Trainwreck, starring Amy Schumer. Because uh, it did something different with the genre. Whereas, for once, the woman was all fucked up, and the guy was pretty nice and normal. And that is the opposite of most wrong guy. Like, the guy has the stable career, and everything's good going for him. Usually the woman has it all at the beginning of a modern rom-com, and then she's still just after one dick, more than any other dick in the world. It is a labor. Uh, boy, that's kind of a super fun pun, because depending on how you hear it, that labor... As ones, yeah, that's fun. Um, okay, so that's done. Horror movies. I showed a bunch last October uh, on the server. There's some really fucking great ones. Really fucking great ones on there. Uh, I talked about how Jordan Peterson is just, you know, really fun, and how I'm going to see his third movie probably in theaters. You know, find a way to find a way to make that pilgrimage at ten thirty at night on a Tuesday. Two weeks after it comes out or some shit. Because <laughs> I'm wanted, wanted, dead on alive. You know, it's when the only thing you have to do to make living in the age of COVID sound cool is just make you sound like an outlaw. Because running from the law and the man is cool, but I'm running from a virus, which is, which is dorky and wimpy. Uh, so, I, I, I'll be pretty excited to see Nope after Us and Get Out. Uh, that's horror. Action movies. Have I seen an action movie in recent history at all? And the answer is not really. I'm sorry, it's not my genre. I'm just thinking of, like, Fast and Furious and bullshit like that. Like, it's so funny watching The Rock run. It's just like Arnold Schwarzenegger, too. Don't think I'm picking on The Rock alone. But, like, when a guy is huge, like, I'm a big guy, so I know that I'm not going to look like Tom Cruise no matter what they do on screen. No matter how, what shape I get in or what I do, I'm not going to look like Tom Cruise on the screen when I'm running. I'm a big, big guy. My right, if I were to fight Tom Cruise and he were dressed as Batman, it would look like the Solomon Grundy fights in the cartoons. Do you understand? And you don't make Solomon Grundy run. You make the Batman run. You do. You, you all understand what I'm saying on a sex podcast from men to women, right? With everything. I, you all know who Solomon Grundy is. Of course. Absolutely. There's no question. So, <laughs> you know, I just, I know that I'm big. So therefore, I can't. I'm t- I'm t- I don't really watch the genre of action movie. I'm just thinking of Hobbs and Shaw, which I watched for the Bad Movie Podcast. And that one really was something special. Oh, ugh, Idris Elba. Are they ever going to cast him well? Is he ever going to be cast in something where he's like, thank Christ they cast Idris Elba? <laughs> like, yeah, The Wire, sure. But like in a movie, are they ever going to cast him where it's like, fuck yeah, Idris Elba? Because so far, I love the man. I love his acting. But my God, everything they cast him in, it's like, mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. this was not a good role. <laughs> Did you see Star Trek 3? Oh, his fucking motive is indecipherable. Uh, there's got to be a good action movie that I've seen recently. There's got to be a good act. The, I, I mean, the last action, this is like from 10 years ago at this point, too. The last movie with big action sequences that had me on the edge of my seat through every last one of them smiling and like, this is so cool, would be The Town with Ben Affleck. And if you've never seen it, just love, love, love that movie. It's just a real big departure for just about everyone in it. It's a lot of fun. The Town. Big fan of that one. 
I mean, if I, I mean, does Stranger Things, it's not a movie, does Stranger Things count as an action show? I love Stranger Things. I'm very much looking forward to uh, season four and a half, whatever the fuck they're doing with that bullshit. Uh, I love Stranger Things, and because it's animated monsters in the 80s, that makes it fun for everybody to run from them. So, Stranger Things, even though it's not a movie. Favorite action. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to be a weenie. Uh, Just movies, because I'm watching all these old movies and all these old noirs and all these investigations. As of recording this, I have fairly recently seen, finally, The Parallax View with Warren Beatty. That is such an interesting one. If you're not going to pick up your phone, if you're not going to, you know, text throughout it, if you're going to watch it on a single screen, the parallax view is fascinating and holds up still. People told me to watch it all my life. I never did until recently. That one's really good. Uh Uh-oh. Are you a snuggler? A one-finger touch. What? Or get away from me. What? Sleeper. What the fuck is a one-finger touch? Oh, that shit sounds psychotic. That sounds like a nursery rhyme or a Chaucer or something. For the man with lexed with maiden fair, but only one-fingered way on her bare. Her sc- <laughs> I'm not going to keep going. That's insane. That's not pop. Is this a term? I'm trying to understand where you'd put the finger on a woman's body. I know you'd put the finger in a woman's body, but I don't know where you'd put it on a woman's body. One finger on a woman's body? No matter where you put it, it's disappointing. I I could put it on the most beautiful pair of... I could put it between the most beautiful pair of breasts in the world and be like, I wish it wasn't my finger. I wish I could use more than one finger. There's so many wishes I have here. This is disappointing in every way. Like sliding one finger across a beautiful woman's face, your partner's face, your lover's face, just one finger. That's psychotic. That sounds like a, that sounds like a scene in Pootie Tang. <laughs> that's, that's insanity. I'm just laughing, imagining some, like, woman, like, really seduced, and she's just classically gorgeous, and she's all dressed up and made up and everything, like it's a music video or a movie or something, and she's just, you know, she's got her eyes, and they're glazed, and they're fuck-me eyes, and all that, and I just reach out my one finger, and, like, David Bowie in Chinatown, I'm like, shut your mouth, and just, like, running my finger all over her face. You just have to learn this about me now. You only get one finger. I'm a cuddler. Uh, I I used to toss and turn. Uh, Now I'm in much better health. I used to snore. Now I'm in much better health. I don't think I snore anymore. Uh, Or it's greatly decreased, I think. Uh, I've been reading about uh, sleep health that you're supposed to, if you can, sleep on your back. So now every time I know that I'm going to sleep or that I'm awake in bed, I force myself to get on my back. And I I stretch out my arms and legs like I'm a prisoner about to be scanned in a sci-fi movie. Thank you very much for the question, Enon. And finally, I've been watching The Good Place and it got me wondering, how would you solve the trolley problem? (laughs) Thanks, Jack. Ah, the trolley problem. Uh, Well, just to be clear, there is a little bit of an issue with the trolley problem insofar that you're the conductor and you're forced into a binary. So let's just make that clear. Uh, You can solve the trolley problem by not agreeing to be the conductor. Uh, The answer is, though, you know, I've had the same one all the time. The trolley problem was first introduced to me in Sunday school with Jesus. Uh, (laughs) So that does color my perception of the issue because guess who the one person on the track was and guess who the conductor was in that metaphor. Uh, for Just real quick, I want to say good on you for watching Good Place. What a great show. I wish I could watch it again. Uh, but I'm glad that I watched it pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, I sure am. Gosh, gosh, gosh. Uh, I mean... There's no real way to say it nicely, so I guess I'll just say the truth. I would absolutely kill the one person. There's, there's, like, you give me the choice, it happens. The way that 
uh, it was fed into me that it was a good thing to do it <laughs> is the American public school system not once, not twice, but three times uh, hit me up with mandatory learning and reporting on a soldier who, see, I don't remember him as an act of defiance. I want to say Vietnam, could have been Korean War. Uh, a soldier, American soldier, who uh, radioed in to HQ to bomb his location where he was sitting because he was surrounded by enemies. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a story that they made me learn at age five, or sorry, fifth grade, so age 10 or so. So fifth grade, like seventh or eighth grade, and then again in high school, they just kept making me write reports for for credit on this guy <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. By the way, we're going to need some more. By the way, the war on terror is a war on terror. You don't want people to be terrified, do you? You don't want be you don't want people to be terrified, do you? You fucking pussy. <laughs> Just real quick as I've been thinking about it and how super fucked up it is that we learned it and it was way less fucked up that we learned it with me as a as a boy than all the girls in my class in either 6th or 7th grade, pre-8th grade. Pre-8th grade, I need to make that clear, before anybody was 14 in that fucking classroom, okay? And a lot of us were a fair bit younger. (laughs) They had us read a short story called The First Seven Years. And you can look it up if you want to because it's not horrible or anything. It's not like, you know, you're not going to be judged for to put on a list. But it is absolutely terrifying to me that they gave this to a bunch of 12- and 13-year-old girls. The short story is not that big of a deal. It's about a blacksmith or a shoesmith. He's some kind of smith or cobbler or uh, cooper or something. He's working with metal. And a guy hires him, and he's in his 30s or 40s. He's pretty old for the period. It's an 1800 story. And he falls in love with his six-year-old daughter. (laughs) Now, hold on. Now, hold on. It's not as bad as that. But it's about how he's been working there for like, I don't know, five, six years. It's been a long time since I've read this, obviously. He's been working there for quite some time. And then all of a sudden, he's all like, hey, uh, father slash uh, owner, I'm in love with your daughter, your underage daughter. <laughs> and uh, And the dad's all like, well, she's too young, but... I guess if you keep working here a few more years and she's okay with it, it'll be cool. And then he's, and then he's working, and then the story ends with him working the next day, the forge and whatever. Just you know, they hear the metal clanking, and that's it. And I remember this came back to me out of nowhere. I I don't know what brought it back up. Uh, I was thinking about like how all of the all of the girls in class were like, "Oh, it's so romantic," and I was just thinking now with my modern perspective and everything that I've been through about like, "Wow, that is like state-sponsored statutory rape propaganda." <laughs> ah! So you know the trolley problem is I kill. I kill one person, but if you push me, if you all keep fucking pushing me the way that you have been for these last few years, uh, I I will go uh, full Ted Danson and ask everybody to just get in the line. I will run you all over. You, You all know that cow catcher is a euphemism, right? They don't actually catch the cow. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. Once again, send in those questions. Keep sharing the podcast. New girls, it means the world to me to hear you talk, uh, to ask a question, to send something in, all of the rest. Are we having a good time? I hope so. The podcast is good. I sound good. I'm swinging. I'm trying. I'm feeling pretty great. As we get everything going back up to 100%, you know more and more is coming. So send in those questions. Send in those requests. Keep on sharing on social media, telling your friends. Daddy is back in a big way and feeling really, really good about it. Won't you join him? All right, guys. See you next week. Bye.